0: As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes.
1: On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, Harry, back in the studio. I think he's ready to weigh in finally on Tapestry to give you his final, final, no jokes, opinion. It'll never change after this, folks. So trust him. Also, Letter Jam, hit or miss? guess it depends who you're talking to. Game Awards, other stuff. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Androids Dungeon, your favorite show on CFRU, and at this rate, going to be the only show on CFRU, I think, Uh, assuming the station doesn't suddenly become beloved in the hearts of students. I think it's going to drop one show at a time, one show at a time, until there's just like this bunch of zombies turning uh, devices or dials and stuff.
0: Isn't November the time where they needed to get funding? uh I think it's a constant for in, in November it. I'm not totally sure uh, well I'm pretty sure talk radio is the future so we're mm. gonna be fine <laughs> did you
1: board have,
2: games of the future yeah board it's like we're going
1: analog it's, everything's old again <laughs> VHS coming back in a big way <laughs> yeah. although it's funny you, you mentioned the analog or going back because somebody was talking about it because Disney plus came out. and it's everyone's favorite content mm. service. And there are some cancerous memes floating around, too. There's one that I thought was particularly heinous. I'm not sure if it was ironic or not, but it was... You guys may have seen it. And it was a picture of from the behind of Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And a bunch of little uh, Ninja Turtles, and Splinter has Netflix written on the back of him. And then the bottom image is Splinter's all old and and, and bent over, and then the turtles are grown up and they're helping him, and they've got like Disney Plus and, cr- and not Crave, like uh, Hulu and uh, all the other you know, options, screens, streaming services, Amazon. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like the hubbo. <laughs> it was just painful, absolutely painful to look at. But I know, like I know, so many people who have actually signed up for this now. Whether they stick with it or not is a better question. But for sure, do you have Disney Plus?
2: No, um, but uh, I do engage in piracy. So. <laughs> you mean copyright infringement? <laughs> uh, yes,
1: copyright infringement. Crime. Right. <laughs> the secret ingredient yeah. is crime. It's, uh, anyway, the reason I bring it up is because people are talking about how there Disney accidentally revealed how long things were going to be on Disney Plus 4. Right. Um, and there are other little things sneaking around on there because their whole thing is they, they purposefully create scarcity in order to build up demand for some of these products. For sure. And there was this image, another image floating around, this guy saying, before Disney Plus went out, he took a picture at his Blu-ray shelf of all these Disney movies and uh, Disney-owned content and stuff. He's, like, instantly obsolete. And the next <laughs> image is somebody <laughs> capturing him saying, I can't log in or it's not working at the moment. <laughs> and it's just like, you fool. But yeah. it was, it, I think the average time length for um, a DVD or Blu-ray, p- properly stored, apparently is 50 years, which sounds really low, if you ask me. Mm, yeah. And then magnetic media is twice as long, and I think something like a... Um, a, a vinyl lasts forever. A vinyl, <laughs> well, I don't know about forever, <laughs> but I think it does. it's like a crazy yeah, amount of time. Yeah, right. CDs will decay and all that stuff. I mean, uh-huh. everything, entropy. <laughs> it all, it's all going to
0: collapse eventually. We're going to go back to the tape hard drives. The big, <laughs> giant roll you just pull out.
1: I thought people still use those because the, the storage space on those is like insane. I think they
0: used them for backups for a long time for like hard backups every 6 months or something. Yeah. But uh I'd be hard pressed to find a company that's still doing it. Yeah. Well, it's not
1: like walking in a put it in the cloud. It'll be fine. Yeah, the cloud. Nothing ever happens to the cloud. And that goes back to Stadia, everyone's favorite. Oh, Stadia. Yeah. Which I haven't heard a single positive thing about. Not a single... Not even anyone talking about it, really. It's more just people going out of their way to talk about it. It's are sure. not nice, but...
0: I've seen a few Gordon Ramsay memes of him.
1: It's raw or what?
0: <laughs> this is... <laughs> Garbage. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a safe one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. one.
2: They're hoping the Stadia service will improve. They're banking on the fact that it'll improve. Like right now, they have a very small games library. Mm-hmm. Seems like connections, is big, the biggest issue. It always will be. But yeah, I we'll mean, see. maybe
0: just don't start with a a very latency dependent game, right, like
2: Destiny. Well, yeah. Just don't get <laughs> Stadia right now, folks.
1: I th- I think it will get ironed out, but the question is, will it be one of these things that by the time they fix it. Everyone will have left, and there'll just be a couple people sitting there, uh, putting flowers on its grave as mm. they've like Jack and right. Google Hangouts. <laughs> Until <laughs> they kick me off it, I'm gonna stay there. So. but it's like we're talking about shutting something down hard versus, like just uh, you know letting it exist yeah. in some nether world where nobody updates it and it's bizarre. But, mm. uh,
0: we did this big long, um, I guess the things that came out of E3 we did kind of like a report on and we did a long one on Google Stadia and I think all the speculations we had about things that could go wrong have gone wrong Mm -hmm. just in this launch and it's basically all comes down to latency and like it's not latency uh, oh I'm playing on a terrible connection it's like it's the servers and then the load that's on the servers and what's bouncing back and forth because uh, that reporter he showed his speed test and he
1: was at work and he was getting like I don't know, like a gig and a half down well, or something he, like, insane. He was, he was as connected to the internet pipeline yeah. as you could possibly be outside right. of like a, a physics lab at the university. And he's just hitting yeah. spacebar to jump, and then, and then it moves. Which is like, anyone who's ever played any online game, let's say like something like Counter Strike or WoW. Yeah, uh, you did. You, you know instantly how latency yeah. is going to just be.
2: <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what games you're going to play that aren't affected by latency. Yeah. Like, only like... What's that Harvest anime game? Harvest Moon or something? yeah stardew valley stardew valley yeah stardew valley has a fighting element though yeah so you there's, still get there's by combat stuff. turn-based combat you could do only Great. only point-and-click adventure games <laughs> <laughs> which i guess you don't need fancy hardware for anyway Te-
0: text-based decision trees google stadia <laughs> is bringing us back now we're gonna
2: play uh hero's quest or king's quest or whatever yes. it is you know, they
1: might actually get me
2: with that if I didn't already <laughs> own those games like six If times. they threw it in for free. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You would have to pay for the games anyway, so...
1: Yeah. But the other question is, who is this appealing to? I'm genuinely curious because ideally you think it's a person who um, you, you don't want to be sitting there chasing hardware all the time. It's like, why am I running this, this uh, gauntlet of trying to be on the cutting edge when, don't worry, Papa Google's already got me covered and I'm just subscribing to the best-looking uh, stuff out there. Yeah. But these games are also old and I don't get it, man. Yeah, like... If they
2: expand a year from now, if the games library is much better, I could see it appealing to people who are young enough to have old enough to have money to spend, but like still young enough that they, you know, don't, uh, can't like have fancy computer hardware Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe their parents won't let them have a PC or something like that. You know, yeah, Yeah, I mean, if it's possible, there's,
0: (laughs) there's that appeal. You're right. It's like, it's hardwareless. You don't actually have to buy anything.
1: You just have to sign up. You can play on your phone with a controller. And to be fair, the in that the same thing we're talking about where the guy was complaining about the latency with like hitting space bar to jump, he did say playing on his phone was a flawless experience. So it's it's mm-hmm. but it seems to be if it's not it's inconsistently flawless, which right. is the problem, and that's gonna bury you if it's like, okay, it works great on my phone, but who wants to play a game on their phone? I hate for hate sure. using my phone for mm-hmm. anything except yeah. the most rudimentary tasks.
2: Yeah, I mean the limit like, mobile gaming exists, it's already extremely po- extremely popular. The the technological limit for mobile gaming is not the hardware of the phone. No, it's no, no, It's no. just purely a, a form factor screen yeah. size issue, so.
1: Interesting. So I wonder if that'll be the next thing is, and then maybe somebody's tried this, and I'm just like speaking on my rear end here, but like having something that you, a little object you can put down and then like broadcast screen or puts up like a little hologram type thing that's actually half decent. And then you've got and your smart glasses. Leia. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> help me, Joel. <draw>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starts a quest. Hey, that sounds all right. All right, uh, one more, one
0: more thing before we. Sure. Uh, uh, I wanted to talk about this Pokemon that came out. Awesome Pokemans. Pokemon? No, I mean, okay, not much offense to to Curtis meant, but that looks awful. He's he's just he he, he took a week he off. He not happy about it.
2: Everything I'd read like prior to release or on release sounded quite poor. And then a friend of ours got this game and was took our time off work and was playing it. He
1: did the same thing last year. Yeah. Right. The previous... Uh, he takes at least a week off. Which like is insane Right. Insane dude.
2: But then when we asked him about his experience playing the game, it sounded like he was just grinding and not yeah. enjoying it. But which to be like, fair, that yeah. sounds a lot like the RuneScape that he's always playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
0: <Yeah>. At least <laughs> he, understand, he recognizes True. RuneScape. He, he wants runescape, to get yeah. through yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do it's you ever get through RuneScape? Not
1: really what I want to do on my holiday. Right. But it, it sounds like the, the game is, I'm pretty sure it sold crazy well. But everything I've heard, so I've never seen anything positive of note about the game aside from mm-hmm. somebody just saying, like, occasionally it looks good. Right. But everything I've seen, like, they, it looks glitchy, it looks laggy, it looks ugly in those scenes. There was this, the, mo- the most recent kerfuffle that occurred was uh, during the end cinematic. For some reason, whatever they did to record it, there's a mouse cursor on the screen <laughs> during a <laughs> section of the end, like, video that's playing because they just basically captured screens <laughs> for something, which is insane to me, and it made it into the game. That's yeah. what gets me. It's yeah. not, like, it's one thing for it a glitches. I get that. Totally, yeah. yeah. And this isn't this isn't some independent company that's like, oh, there's three guys doing their hardest, and or doing their best. This is game, what is it, Game Freak? Game Freak, yeah. The, <laughs> they're not poor. What's the story <laughs> here, man? But like, Whoops. Anyway. Uh, Androids Dungeon is a show about video games, board games, music, and whatnot. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, ADRadioCFRU. Email us at androidsdungeon at CFRU.ca or insta, insta, Androids Dungeon CFRU. Um, Joel, what have you been playing recently?
0: I got in this weekend a nice game of Spirit Island, which, believe it or not, we ramped it up. We decided it was just me and Stefan, right? So we're seasoned veterans. Stefan's obsessed with the game; he loves Is it. To play Spirit Island? Uh,
2: maybe twice. Yeah,
0: I'm surprised it wasn't a huge hit with you, Harry. Just don't own it. Th- it's oh, okay. it's a really difficult, like basically, it's Pandemic turned up to eleven. It's it's a really difficult co-op where you have very little influence on the on the map. Um, And you basically try to strengthen up your your little spirit god and help the locals in order to defeat some invaders that are coming to land on your island. So it's a classic
1: reverse of uh, like Settlers of Catan or something like that.
2: And you each play this like a nature spirit person.
1: And it's kind of like, um, it's funny you bring it up, it'd be like a pandemic meets a tower defense game because yeah. things are popping up, but you're also trying to run around using these powers that Harry was mentioning before from your spirits. But then there's also the semi-deck-building element to it, depending on what level you're at, where you're swapping out... Um, yeah, trying and to get new powers. ...resource management, because you can only do certain things if certain amount of resources are out or symbols on these cards. So it kind of reminds me of Gloomhaven, almost, in a sense. Yeah, um, basically your limitations are your energy or your card play
0: limit, or... Basically, once you play a card, you don't get it back. You have yeah. to actually take a turn to get those cards back. So a little bit of hand management if you want to be conservative and figure out what's going to happen next turn, which you do get some prediction mm-hmm. because the invaders have, uh, work on a schedule, basically. Whatever invades is going to build the next turn. Whatever builds is going to mm-hmm. fight the next turn. And so you're, you're, you can see two turns ahead. You're going to know where the fight's going to take place. So you need to do a bunch of planning. What ends up happening is that the enemies are overwhelming to a point where if you don't get the fear up to the point where uh, you only destroy cities, then forget about it, right? Mm-hmm. So we played against the Swedish invaders, and they basically, just anytime they build, uh, if, if they outnumber the locals... You replace a local village with a town. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's just incredibly painful. Wow. So forget about the Dahan. They're doomed unless you can just make them overwhelmingly strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played two players. So it was really tight. You basically you just win or lose really fast. And we were just getting destroyed. And then we got to the fear level where you can destroy a city. And we went on, like, the last possible turn wow. before we died. So, yeah, it was, it was exciting. It was a lot of fun. We, we didn't hold back. We put in, like, the Blighted Island. We put it on level, level one, I think, for the Swedish. I can only imagine playing at, like, level six, though, because it's cumulative. Like, there's a bad thing that happens in level one. You go to level two or three, you're still doing the bad things that happen in the first two mm-hmm. tiers. So still I know that we've talked about this
1: game, but who is saying that Spirit Island is too easy? Who is who <laughs> who out there is like, oh, I've beaten this game? It's the same person that says Isn't something that like possible? pandemic is too easy or Forbidden Desert's too easy. It's that no, you're playing it on too easy of difficulty, yeah. especially something where you can crank it up. Like there's no one show me the savant like you like you're saying, <laughs> Joel, that says something as modular as Spirit Island is too easy. Sure. Yeah. And if you're out there and you're playing Co-ops and you're know, like, man, we are stomping all
0: these co-ops. We're having too much fun. I definitely recommend picking up Spirit Island. There's and no question. There's no question. It
1: is gonna bust your balls. It is <laughs> real tough. And it's it's just a good game too. Yeah. Um, everything. I th- I don't. I can't think of a single Chris. Critici- I've only played it three times. I think. But I can't think of anything I criticize it for. Maybe it's a little too complicated for me. At it's the end. complicated it, and for sure. If you put it down in front of new people. If you front. If you put it down in front of me right now. I would have to ask, and you'd have to give me a solid mm-hmm. refresh on it. Versus Pandemic, which is like, boom, easy. Like, I understand exactly what I'm doing right from the get-go. But for people like you and
2: Stefan, it's like a perfect sit down, you both know how to play, yep. you're both like, yep. 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 Have exactly. quite good at this game. Yeah. Well, why haven't you picked it up, Harry? Um the
0: elements know, that's in that's a great it, question. Yeah. The whole element thing and the innate powers and everything kind of reminds me a little bit of Magic because you're trying to get certain color combinations mm. in order to trigger... Abilities that are already on your board. Spending too I much know. time playing magic. Every time he looks at Spirit Island, he's like, mm, I, can play magic I, ju- I could play magic. I could play <laughs> That's how I feel about every card game in Tech Builder. <laughs> I could just play magic. Dark days. Anyway, I loved it. I uh, still love Spirit Island. It's a tough game. It's one of those games where you don't want to play it too often because it is really a brain burner. Then we played a little easy light game of Scythe. Because, you know,
1: Scythe is... Nice. Some casual... This is classic Stefan
2: material here. Yeah. Well, Scythe does... Two top games.
1: I think going from um, Spirit Island to Scythe would feel like maybe... <laughs> taking your foot off the throttle a little bit.
0: Well, we did play checks in between.
1: Yeah, which which is that's Chicago for Express me. That's is. like pedal to the metal. <laughs> mm. Chicago Express is easy breezy. Uh, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. I I think the decision tree in Chicago Express is just enough. Like I tell you about Spirit Island being complicated. Uh-uh. <laughs> for me, Chicago Express the decisions on that are far more. Uh, well, well the
0: best thing is like everybody had a stock of everything. So yeah. everybody was like trying to sell everybody whose turn it was that y- they should be building their rail line. Yeah. So it got really fun.
1: Great, that's the best way to play it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we had a pretty good weekend. Nice. We also played uh what's that word game we were just talking about? game. Lettered- Hold down. on, Lettered- let's let's down.
1: get to that in a second, because well, that'll be kind of a semi feature for this episode. Yeah. Um Harry. Uh tapestry played a couple more games of tapestry
2: after uh what was it last week mm-hmm. i was on the show talking about tapestry at that point i wasn't sure about it i think i've settled my opinions are still <laughs> kind of the same they are oh. just i don't think they're going to change all right it's a, it's a good game it's not a great game it's it's puzzling it's it's challenging uh it's got a bunch of game mechanics that i like we have now figured out how to kind of optimize your score and so it's still a very fun game to play and I think we're going to keep playing it Go but it's on. not like amazing. Optimize the score you say? Yeah what do yeah, you Yeah so we, we, we figured out some strategy so I mean one of my biggest complaints about this game that have that we've kind of resolved is that um there are a million actions you can take in the game. Like there's all these advancement tracks. Every space on the advancement track and I think there's 12 spaces on each advancement track uh, it represents an action so there's like 48 actions that you can take in the game There's also your income turns, and you're playing tapestry cards, and there's all this stuff. But all of it has to translate into points somehow. And I think the key is just that when you take your income turn in tapestry, you gain points based on the number of income buildings you have built. And each of the income building uh, tracks, and there's four different tracks, has a different kind of point multiplier, I guess. Mm-hmm. So if you have a military, you gain points equal to the number of territories you control. If you've gone up the kind of technology route, you gain a point for every technology that you've invented. And I think that the, the strategy that I think has worked the best is just to um, build every income building in, of two types. Just kind of pick two types of income buildings, like let's say technology and science. Build every income building that you can all five of them and then just work also take your in-game actions to try and maximize those point multipliers specifically Mm -hmm. so if you go technology and you go science you want to gain as many inventions as you can and you want to put as many um, landmarks in your capital cities you can to fill out uh, your rows and your columns and i think that because they are point multipliers it seems like that's just the best way to play the game even though it feels weird when you're doing it like For instance, you'll take an action where where you will invent technology because that'll gain you three points at the end of the game. It feels dirty to be doing that when the alternative is to be building your first military income building, which only costs you one resource. It gets you another resource for every income building. But just knowing that there is a limited number of actions you can take in the game, period, really means that, like, I think it penalizes you for for diversifying too much. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to go for those point multipliers and pick one or two of them and maximize those points.
1: But don't the the early tracks, don't they have a couple of really nice little bonuses though? Kind of like so maybe not immediately spreading out across it, but when you've got maybe a surplus of actions or yeah, resources. Yeah, for sure. At the end?
2: Like they do a little bit. I mean for the military track for instance, the action for military is conquer and when you conquer at the very start of the military track it costs you one resource and you're very likely to get a resource out of it Mm -hmm. so it's like free and then the next action you can spend two resources to get an income building and that income building will get you resources and or points um every income phase but it costs two resources so it'll get you three but eventually eventually and it is i think often better To spend those two resources rather than getting your income building just to advance further up one of the tracks that you've chosen Mm. because one of the kind of interesting things that we've discovered about this game is that there's a there's a kind of an opportunity cost to taking an action on a different advancement track the the fourth tier the last spaces on each advancement track are so incredibly powerful that when you take an advancement at the start of a track not only are you getting the benefit of that tile you're also getting getting the benefit of just being closer to the fourth tier, which is kind of interesting.
0: Has anybody tried, like, getting? Because pe- I this is the way I saw it was that there are there's that third tier and that ter- third tier sucks because it's yes, so expensive. It costs the most. Yeah. Wouldn't it be beneficial to try to get yourself to two to the third tier on two tracks?
2: And then start hitting technology. And then and start hitting start yeah. hitting science. Oh yeah. Totally just trying to that and that definitely that definitely up. feels like a strategy for sure is to get. Up to the limit where it costs more, and don't invest anything into science. Yeah. And at that point, you get to take those cheap science actions that let you advance randomly uh, with no benefit, yeah. and just hope that you roll well. And get as far as you can through yeah. One of the bit expensive biggest, tier. <laughs> maybe the biggest issue with Tapestry is that there is so much variance in, in each game. So, yeah. like, rolling the science die, you. I think even if you max out science, you probably only roll the science die up to four times. You would roll really? it two to four times. Yeah, I guess we never really took a look at how many times you get to do that. But that's nothing. just
1: raw on the track, too, because so there are yeah, technologies. On the track, yeah. There are technologies thing. that will let mm. you roll it.
2: But if you just go up the track, you're only rolling it two to four times. Um, and the reason it's two to four is that it gives you the option of build, of rolling the science star and getting the income building. Mm. And it's the kind of thing where if you roll it and you are lucky or unlucky it's such a significant portion of the game. Mm-hmm. Like if you roll the science die with benefit and you hit science and you go up science and then you roll it again and you hit science and you go up science, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, whereas if you like haven't invested anything in military and you roll the science die and you go up in military. Even if you get the benefit, and the benefit is like one conquer, Whoops. that's like game changing. If you're
0: tier three in science and you accidentally roll a thing that would have cost
2: one to do in military, exactly, yeah, brutal.
0: Um, so we've
2: been we've been working on a lot of like house rules to try and ah. kind of balance this game better. <laughs> <But> <laughs> mostly is focused on civilizations. Yeah, I mean, all of our so the the most powerful faction. Uh, there's a really interesting stats spreadsheet online where people are tracking their uh, tapestry wins. Um, the futurists by far the highest well well and above any other (laughs) and the traders are by far the lowest which are the ones that we played (laughs) in our first game yeah that's the context that's important uh so those are the only two that we have house ruled so far (laughs) the majority of the house rules are regarding like reducing variance in in the gameplay so at the start of the game you're supposed to draw a tapestry card and when you take your first income phase or technically your second income Mm. phase You'll play a tapestry card, but it's the only one you'll have in your hand. So if you draw a trap, you play it and it gives you no benefit. It just gives you 10 points, which stinks in your second income. So a house rule, for instance, would be at the start of the game, you draw three tapestry cards, you keep one. Yeah. Or for instance, anytime you would draw a tapestry card, you draw one. And then you can discard one to draw another, yeah. and stuff like that is just I well, think it, very it's,
1: necessary. It's basically what you're doing is what we've kind of house world viticulture it's, into yeah. doing, right? Which is like this dumb drawing from the vines, yes. and, and totally, just calling it a day. What we're doing here
2: is what. Uh, uh, Stonemeyer should have done in development. Like yeah. after they designed
1: the game, while they're developing the game, they should have, I think, taken
2: actions but to who, reduce the amount of variance. Who
1: sat there and I want to know how many people actually play tested this and said, "Yeah, it feels great drawing a trap tapestry card when someone else is drawing all this other stuff." Right. Totally. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't know. Or, or like sh- chucking the dice.
2: They did it for inventions. Why mm. couldn't
1: they do it for the rest of the decks?
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and part of the problem is that there is there can be extreme synergy between your faction or civilization or whatever you want to call it and the tapestry that you've played so what you don't want is a scenario where people are every time they draw a tapestry tapestry card draw fishing three keep for one because yeah. then you're going to fish for the best combination yeah. um but something like draw one then you can discard it to draw another prevents you from fishing for a specific yep. one it's you're just, still taking a risk. Yeah, so there's some balancing
1: kind of there. I think the thing that I always thought was, again, I've only played it once, but something that I'm still surprised made it to the end of the game is how... Um, anemic the map board is with relation to your home board oh, and how yeah. utterly pointless the entire experience with conquering totally. feels it just is <laughs> just to me yeah. it looked like some there was a big gap in the middle of the board who oh, oh I should put something in here totally <laughs> it, I,
2: I'm so convinced now that calling this a civilization game is such a ripoff. Well because if oh, I see hexes for the real thing
1: yeah. if I see hexes and I see that sort of stuff in the middle and I see putting things totally, down yeah. and it's like okay, great. I think maybe you could have fixed it if you put other stuff as opposed to just a little marker there or something sure. that was <clears> had some value and you're like, oh, I really don't want somebody swooping in and maybe defend it more than just, oh, I put something there and then Joel went after me and he just moves right in and oh, takes yeah. it or Harry is like one the one
2: after the that. map control, area control it's is barely terrible. an element in the game. Yeah. And, and you honestly... You can never respond.
1: Yeah. Well, there's there's trap cards. Great. Which are
2: the only thing you can do. And, and the thing, again, coming down to variance if somebody invades you and you have a trap card, you destroy them. You get a resource of your choice, and you topple their outpost. Yeah. And if you've done it right, it topples their outpost, and they don't have any territory to invade you from anymore. And if you don't have a trap, if you don't have a trap card, then you just <laughs> get destroyed. Yeah, so there's, there's no winning. There's <laughs> no, there's no in between. There's no protracted battle where you're Roll trying to for it. where you're trying to invade each other or anything like that. It's like choices, they invade you. Do tension. you have a trap card? Yes or no. That's it.
1: That's <laughs> like oh, okay, it sucks. Anyway, I'm glad. Thank you, Harry. This has been very edifying. And that is my
2: final take on this game. Good, not (laughs) great. We'll we'll continue to play it. So three weeks, we talk about Tapestry. At the end, meh. Meh, (laughs) exactly.
1: I look forward to actually
2: try it again. <laughs> I, I, I would still yeah. say to people, like, don't buy this game, but yeah. play it if this is the kind of game that you're into. Well,
1: Snakes and Lattes I think, is going to be opening up in Guelph shortly, although I feel yeah. like they're past their due date of opening. I could be wrong. Maybe yeah, it's going to Yeah, I think d- they should open December. by now. We'll see. I, I drive by it often on the way home because my route, I find, is quicker to go downtown because there's one terrible light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just there's no advance. I sit there staring as one car gets through every time. It would <laughs> so be, be a good chance to also try Starfares. Yeah, so Joel mm. and I were <laughs> were talking about it because Catan came up for two reasons. Uh, one is because they've launched their Catan Go, uh, which is I don't think it's called Go, but it's their Pokemon Go version of Catan that you can play now. Sorry, what? Pokemon, into reality
2: Pokemon Go version of Catan. it's yeah. not Pokemon Go, but it's the same sort of thing where you're phone? going around and you're, you walk around you're finding with your
1: phone and you like get resources and you it, trade with people. I think and so. Stuff? Oh wow! Well. Uh, I don't know much about it because I just looked at it. and I said, "This is a gimmick. I'm never yeah, going to totally <laughs> Catan World Explorers." There it is.
2: I am surprised at Catan. It, this is just bringing to mind Gen Con this year. Yeah, the amount of Catan well, advertising the the at Gen Fairs Con. Fairs was right ridiculous. there at the entrance, and it was yeah. massive. And yeah. they had that girl there the whole time. There, they are spending money to try and advertise, but, Like Catan. Catan
0: Starfarers was like a twenty-year remake of yeah. Starfarers of Catan, yes. which yeah, was totally. a Klaus Teber hit, but it was expensive and it was too <laughs> ch- too too much for kids.
1: Totally.
2: I got something still expensive. Yeah, they re-released it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. People are really liking it. It's still $99. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I I just don't know what they're doing. I feel like they decided that, you know, maybe Catan sales were going down and they needed some new direction. And the new direction was not to develop new, interesting Catan variants or stuff like that. It was to just kind of remarket and push for... It, greater, like, but
1: it's kind of like re, reinventing the donut. You don't have to. Everyone, right. or the Big Mac. Totally. It, everyone knows mm. what it tastes like, what yeah. they want from it. The and Catan market is saturated. It's absolutely. But I think it's never going to disappear until maybe, maybe, God forbid, there is a new Catan game that comes out. And I don't mean like one in the series, but something that becomes ubiquitous. But I don't think it's ever going to happen. I'm it just Catan is its own beast and will always be on everyone's shelves oh my god do you yeah. know
0: there's more than 40 different versions of
2: Catan now what are you looking at this is just Catan Go oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah they're looking Catan. at you do actually wander around and just pick up resources if you guys want to look it up it's Catan World Explorers
0: and you can currently like <clears throat> I don't know pre-register for updates or something because it's
1: not out yet um so I'm gonna weigh in on what I've been playing recently, um, and then I'm gonna dip out uh, after, uh, before the music break, because uh, we recently adopted a puppy, and a five-month-old dog. Uh, he is, um, he is a beautiful boy, but my life is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've never been. I, I, it's since we've adopted him. when nighttime approaches, this sense of dread builds in me that I was trying to articulate the kale. It reminds me of like if you screwed up something at work and oh. you know that tomorrow is going to or you know it's it's like this bullet that you're just staring at it and it's coming towards you. It's just this this gnawing feeling inside my stomach of like having to get up early the next morning catch an airplane yeah, yeah, or yeah. something and it's it's because he is very he is not happy at night by himself and he's making our cat very unhappy too. The one cat Riker, our black cat, has totally made peace with him and they're cautious, like she's cautious around him, but she's mm-hmm. walking tail up and just kind of doing her thing. Our calico cat, Troy, is terrified and she has been hiding downstairs and we have to kind of bring her up when he has gone to bed, but we're trying to crate train this dog, but he hates the crate. And um, every night has somehow been worse. <laughs> 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 last night we tried to put him in the spare bedroom and close the door. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get in the bed and put on my pajamas and I'm hearing the sound like, you remember an Evil Dead 2? when he uh, he's fighting the, the grandma and she's in the basement and she's banging on the door oh, and she's yeah. dead yeah. before dawn, dead before dawn and just screaming at him. This is how I felt last <laughs> night. The dog's throwing <laughs> itself <laughs> throwing itself at this door, scratching <laughs> like yeah. a monster and I just looked at and I said, so what have we done? <laughs> and we are, we will make progress. We're going to make it work yeah. but it's just right now, this is the dark. It's tough. The, the dark, dark ages. days. You got to stay strong and it's hard yeah, because experience. they're so cute. Oh, yeah, they're, He's but. so cute and he's, He's a very handsome boy, but mm-hmm. he has some... I think I think what happened is that I think he... Um, whatever dirtbag dropped him off at the shelter. He had two sisters. I don't think he was necessarily socialized properly or raised um, from the get-go in a very, yeah. let's say, uh, cozy, welcoming environment. Sure. And we're, we're going to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, at least he's young. It's not too late. Exactly. So the long story short I haven't played very many games. It's the <laughs> only game I've managed to... I think I, I turned on Outer Worlds for two seconds, and then I realized that I had zero time for this. Game continues to be highly mediocre, and at this point I'm just trying to finish it so I can say I finished it because apparently the game gets worse by the end. Yeah. Oh, no. And, uh, I've given up. Uh, I just need to finish it because it's, I'm basically going from A to B, just and I'm so powerful that it's just like, how bored am I? Totally. And, but every, all this, every skill is maxed out almost, so it's all like, do I want to lockpick? Do I want to kill this person? Do I want to lie to them? Is it really wanna?
2: worth opening this chest to get more credits
1: or Yeah, ammo more credits quick? or ammo. It's like, I, I've got like 3,000 bullets yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this is absurd. Anyway, um, I will say what I have been playing a little bit of uh, is Doom, original Doom, um, uh, or the ultimate Doom, if that's the one you pick up on Steam. S- um, playing with two mods, though. First mod is Smooth Doom. And it's uh, as close to a vanilla Doom experience as you're going to get with some modern enhancements. And what it does is it adds extra frames of animation for all the monsters and your firing or your firearms, so that when you look at it before, there's if you let's for example shoot the shotgun, it's like there's like maybe six frames of animation. This one adds or doubles it and makes it a smooth looking thing. All the monsters look like they're actually walking around, as opposed to just like, like one, two, one two one two flipping yeah. between their animations. Um, so it's gorgeous. It's very smooth. It's gorgeous. Everything they say, it's there for. The second mod is Ketchup Doom, or specifically Bolognese. Mm. And uh, <laughs> if you want to read into it... Uh, it's bloody as hell. I see. Uh, <laughs> right. So it adds gore, but not in like this, um, it's not brutal doom tier, but right. it's still... It's, spaghetti. it's still spaghetti. And that like you're chewing, you can chew up people, you shoot a rocket at them, they explode beautifully, the screen shakes nice. nicely, and gore will hit the ceiling, kind of like dropping fat uh, chunks from the ground. Down. If you get Berserk Pack, you can run up to people and just like give them. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fantastic. So smooth. So the reason I'm bringing it up is because the game, it's, when was it? 1992? So it's like, (laughs) it's such an old bloody game. 27 years later, the game is tons of fun. And loading up Knee Deep in the Dead, the first episode, everyone's played it, the shareware version, uh, that episode is like slipping on a pair of your favorite uh, uh, shoes or slippers that have just maintained their comfort throughout the years. It is fantastic map design. Everything's great. Second episode, um, Shores of Hell, Oh, not as good. <laughs> Third episode, Inferno, oh, man, this yeah. is kind of lame. Fourth episode is ridiculous, Thy Flesh Consumed. It is so difficult because I'm playing on ultraviolence because uh, that's the only way you're supposed to play these games um And it is just, and I don't know how much you guys know Doom, but it's just go somewhere. Barons of Hell, Barons of Hell, Barons of Hell. Just like these giant bruising, like a step below the boss. Like they're the bosses in the first episode. Yeah. It's just like, okay, yeah. guess that's how it's going to be. It <laughs> <laughs> just hit me with your heart. Yeah. It is just <sighs> squeezing, you squeezing, but so much fun. Highly, highly recommend it. Doom is cheap as hell and. I think you don't understand how bad first-person shooters are today or how linear they are yeah. until you go back to these original games and you realize that people actually cared about, like it wasn't just making things look pretty. It was about designing the level to challenge players and, and put them into the positions where it's like, oh, I'm reacting, not just like go down this corridor. Look, there's some bad guys. Hide behind the cover. Shoot the bad guys. Move to the next corridor. Boring. Doom is fantastic. Top rating for, sure. for a real. When did Doom come out? Ninety-two, I think. Maybe, 92. maybe or uh, mm-hmm. earlier or later. But anyway, that's that for me, and I am going to walk away now. But <laughs> we're going to listen to some music. Uh, I'm just going to say what it is now, so that uh, <laughs> our good friends here don't have to uh, to talk about it. It is repeated viewing, and Timothy Fife explore paranormal sounds of the synthesizer. That's right. That's the track. And it's fantastic. <laughs> so I highly wow. recommend this album. <laughs> it's very spooky. Uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to c 4 you later after the song's done. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome back to CFRU. This is Android's Dungeon, and that was a song that
2: Jack picked. Spooky synthesizer sounds. I really enjoyed it. How about you? I thought it was great. I loved that one part with the synthesizer. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. It was a little too spooky for me. Mm. I'm scared right now. We didn't listen to it.
0: No, we didn't listen. Uh, we we skipped it. Uh, Jack has abandoned us, which makes me very afraid, and so it's even extra spooky because I have to run the board, which is something that I never never do well. And yeah. in fact, this is
2: our second take already. But uh, <laughs> go ahead yeah. and tell Actually, me what kind of board Jack- Jack game Jack has had. been gone for two hours. Oh, really? <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. It's taking us that long. Ah,
0: what is going on in my life?
2: Uh, Just touching on a point that uh, Jack left off with uh, about The Outer Worlds, an interesting video game that some of you may have played. It is... You haven't haven't played it, Joel, have you? No, I mean, I played a ton of Fallout 4, and I just felt
0: like Outer Worlds was just trying to be edgy. Uh And like, hey, look, we're not Fallout 4, because you guys didn't like that game. But I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Like, I've probably played it
2: four or five times. (laughs) <laughs> Fallout 4, yeah,
0: four or five times. Yeah, just get uh, the sniper okay. rifle and yeah. I go.
2: Oh, oh, you mean like finish the game four or five times? Yeah, I thought you meant opened it four or five. <laughs> <times>. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah four yeah. or five runs. I mean, that I, was I, enough for me. I think I probably beat the game twice. I played 200 hours. I have 200 hours in Steam. And I you have I, to, you have to see all the endings. I didn't, I didn't love Fallout 4. Uh, the Outer Worlds is somehow worse. There's nothing obviously wrong with it, but man, it's just sad it just sounds like it's a little bit hollow for sure and it's like
0: here's the thing is like jack is like a huge fan of follow new vegas and he's always trying to push mm-hmm. new vegas on me. great game so i got it i loaded uh-huh. it up and the moment i found out i couldn't run i just never oh. wanted to play the game oh yet. really
2: yeah so i i also a huge fan of new vegas follow three and new vegas uh were great uh new vegas even better maybe just because of the writing i would say like the, yeah. the writing was excellent in that game it's probably the worst thing about uh, the outer Worlds. I've
0: actually watched videos about like how y- if you go talk to this person and do this and do this like conversation tree, and then you go to another person you do this conversation tree, and then you find this thing and you give it to the other person, and then you give it to the, and then you tell the third person, and you come back to them, you unlock some kind of special thing. It was like,
2: oh man, did they put <laughs>
0: a lot of effort yeah. into New Vegas oh, as yeah. far as conversation goes? Yeah.
2: But I just want to kill stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, Fallout 4 is good for going out and just killing stuff, for sure. And the Outer Worlds is actually okay for going out and killing stuff. The combat's not... uh, The combat's very repetitive, but it's still fun-ish. Is there, like, a variance on the enemies that you encounter? Uh, Very little. Before, sorry, there's there's variance in the enemies. After you leave the first planet, they're all mostly the same.
0: Okay, so I hear this a lot, and people were complaining that they couldn't go back to previous planets. It was too linear
2: yeah i mean there's not much to do on previous planets it's kind of thing where it's like there's a bunch of planets in the game um and you it's a very mmo style i guess where you you start off on a planet you basically do all the quests there. There's an overarching quest line on the first planet, and then there's a bunch of side quests. And you finish the first quest, quest line and choose to, like, choose which faction should control the town, mm. and then you move on to the next place, which is a space look station. At that town again. And you don't really go back to the town, and then you just do all of the space station plot line quests, and then you move on to the next place, uh, which is kind of sad. And, mm. and the reason I want to talk about this is, like, the reason I stopped playing The Outer Worlds is I realized that Destiny 2 was free on PC. I started Mm. playing Destiny 2 which is a first person shooter uh, RPG and it is an MMO it's MMO style quests and it's Mm -hmm. also just an MMO and the combat's better I can't think of any reasons not to play Destiny 2 over the outer worlds so it's free
0: where does Destiny 2
2: get its money so they, they have like a free to free-to-play model pay to win pay to uh it's it's not i don't think it's actually pay to win pay to advance quicker i think it's more so and there's actually very little advancement i think it's more of like pay to get additional rewards like cosmetic rewards Ah, skins, a lot of stuff like that yeah Um, and then to unlock just like additional content like uh you can go on like raids similar Mm. to like any mmo like wow or you can pay to unlock more raids like like expansion kind of yeah you buy expansions yeah what is the raid size as far as players go uh, I've just started. I haven't done a raid yet. I'm not actually sure. I think it might be six or eight. I think they're pretty small still. Did you ever play World of Warcraft where there were these like 40, 60 player raids? Yes, I did.
0: What, what was that like? Like, was it just like you Hectic. trying to cast spells
2: while everything is moving really slowly? So, I mean, the the nice thing about those raids is that you are still there's structure. There's like a hierarchy within your raid, so you're still you are still a member of a party. And then your party has like a a party leader, and then you're part of an overall raid, which consists of like I don't know six parties, Huh. I think, maybe so, fewer, maybe like four so parties. You're in different areas. Yeah, or? and you still need to have like good party composition for a lot of raids, and then you'll take on like different groups of enemies and stuff like that. So it's not just like it's not just it's like just, a crowd of. It's 40 not like people the same area. Yeah, it's not like the same you're s- square out. footage with just like sixteen or more people in it. It's uh more like complicated do you guys ever all come
0: together to fight the final boss yeah you do
2: and i guess usually the bosses are really big to help accommodate right. big raid groups and stuff like that it. so you kind of yeah, yeah. Nice. And i think i think destiny 2 is going the same way i honestly the game is incredibly complicated in terms of the amount of stuff you can do in the game but that's good that's great you know where you could play you could be playing destiny
0: 2 is google stadia oh correct you, you could be playing you could your be your mmo first
2: person shooter pvp game on google stadia and you will get demolished yeah yeah so it's you're really
0: missing out on this like your free game it's a big mistake you should be paying 130 i bucks. should be paying for it <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> yeah um, we got uh, some exciting news coming up real soon. Uh, is <coughs> Grifcon Shadow, which is not that exciting. I mean, Grifcon is fine. It's really uh, we're in what? Guelph. So exciting! Yeah, that's the greatest. We're in Guelph, and it's our token Guelph Con. As far as board games, and it's go. now
2: biannual. Is that right or biennial?
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's the only con in Guelph. Like, I don't think there's an anime con or any sort of like. Uh, Comic Con, Guelph. As far as I know. Livestock Con. So we really just have the board games. Mm-hmm. But I'm fine with that because that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, so Griffcon in April, we went, we played Civ. There was some weird Harry Potter dance routine, which kind of weirded us oh, out. Oh, I but forgot about that. Uh, we got through it and and we had fun. And continued playing <laughs> in the, the middle, in, in midst of this Yeah, there were a lot of people dance. playing Pathfinder and...
2: Yeah, and and uh, what's that tavern game? You like different characters, and it's kind of like a card game. I want to say it takes place in a tavern or an inn. Uh, is this
0: one of the ones where like the designers here in golf and he runs like the round no table no and, like, no one? I don't think that like uh
2: Lynn Vander Games yeah I yeah. think I don't <laughs> know <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think one it's one of those, those. Don't no, no no, no. I went I went to go maybe play one at Gen Con this year actually oh. and then uh I had a conflict and I skipped it <laughs> so, so Lynn Vander so, Games well four percent. yeah
0: we do have a designer here. we have a couple designers because we got Mark McKinnon as well true um but uh you won the sieve at at Grifcon, and as part of the uh, prizes, they they gave you. Oh yes, I did get a game.
2: I got some kind of game called Metal. <laughs> uh, I, I have remember. you played it? Uh, it's still wrapped in plastic. Yeah.
0: Well, Grifcon Shadow is a free, uh, sort of just show up and play kind of version. So we're we're basically taking it over. We've got 18 people showing up for uh, two games of Civilization, which uh, could be an 18-player mega game, but we've
2: decided we really want to try out the new mm-hmm. Western Empires. Because there's a new, this new printing or this new version only can play up to nine, but it's, it's you guys just got it yeah. a week
0: ago, two weeks ago? It's got new rules. Uh, a errata was sent to Jack, so he's got new rules and new cards as well. Uh, I don't know what's different, I'm excited to find out. For sure. um, One thing, I know you sent us an email about this, so I'll just respond to you live on oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never got a reply. Yes. We are playing with the Great. Uh, with the uh, advancement. If my game doesn't arrive in time, mm-hmm. because uh, 999 Games, shame on you. See, so you had some shipping issues. Uh, they messed up, and they only sent one of our two copies. Huh. Um, in a box big enough for two. If it doesn't happen, then we're, we're
2: obviously only going to play with
0: one expansion. For sure. Uh, Did you ever we'll find out what happened
2: it. with that? You just submitted a, a complaint or something?
0: Yeah, they they sent us a box which said it was four items and weighed the same amount as four items, but it was really only just two inside. Right. And so it was just whoever packed it didn't just look at the, didn't the put shipping list and yeah. just was like packing one at a time real quick. And he was in uh, packing it in the Netherlands, so he's probably high. <laughs> 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 on some legal, on some legal marijuana, and then um, yeah, he just he didn't put the right amount in.
2: And they're sending you, they're sending you, I guess, another another copy.
0: Yeah, they said they'd send it ASAP, but yesterday Rolls asked for a shipping. Um, confirmation, confirmation or like tracking number have not responded and so they
2: must not have shipped yet
0: I'm not crossing my fingers they have 10 days for the package to arrive from the Netherlands so.
2: it's true it's possible we will be playing Mega Civilization for the other game right yeah so our game would
0: be Mega Civ but you can still play with the expansion of Mega Civ so cool uh, yeah Roll has claimed the the one that did arrive oh, the so one you will, that he you will is, be yeah. playing the new version great I'm excited I'll I'll tell you what's new <laughs> yeah tell tell us how, <laughs> that, how much better it is I mean we'll be playing a semi new version because Jack's got the Eradicate
2: yes is, for he's sure got the expansion I mean, I mean, based on the materials that we've seen the, the physical materials of this game are not different at all it's more about just like Eradicate different rules stuff like that
0: yeah Harry played a, Harry and I played a demo at Gen Con and it really just felt like we were... Warming up for a nice game of save. that never happened. <laughs> yes, that was a, a real tease. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I would love. See, that's the thing. I would love, love, love to play
2: it at Gen Con with Flo.
0: But there's four days at Gen Con, and there's just way too many interesting for things sure. to do and see.
2: I think if we had the opportunity to play a game with those same people, yeah, like the the with the, I guess with the, and the owner CEO. of the president of Nine 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 Games, and mm-hmm. then also with the designer. Yeah, I would, I would. I would. I would take it. I'd play a full game. Yeah which i
0: mean they've they've teased about or joked about online but uh we'll see if they ever have time to
2: actually do it if they're not
0: promoting eastern empires and next no true
2: yeah that's true and then um bigger better buildings who knows yeah. yeah just make them twice
0: as big uh we're already excited for uh or at least i am excited for july 30th this year oh sorry next year when we go back to gen con
2: correct what do you think of the chances you don't go to gen con I'd say very small, considering I've already, like, looked into accommodations and stuff like that. <laughs> Planned and around start planning flights. We can we can book the, the uh, KOA right now. We're ready. I actually, I went onto the KOA website, and I already re-signed up. They have, like, a member program, so you have to Ooh. pay to do, be a member, but you get a discount on your bookings. And ends up being worth so it. So I, I already renewed my membership, just out of the expectation that we would stay at KOA again, because it was so affordable last time. Oh, and the
0: cottages were great.
2: Yeah, they were amazing. And and if hard. you really wanted to, there was that pool. No one else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, correct. Yeah, go wade in and watch yeah. the kids and be creepy. Anyway, uh, in the upcoming game, <laughs> I'm going to be Rome, which is really exciting for me because I've never been Rome before. But I'm sitting here with a player who's been Rome, so I'm going to pick your brain about what I should do to conquer. So first, let's let's look at the intros beginner guide. So it says, "Hail Caesar! You are controlling mighty Rome. However, you're not mighty yet. You need to expand north." but send one of your tokens south in the second turn. Get Massilla, I don't know, these territories, or the Iberians or Celts will take it quickly. So obviously we, we're playing. We also, I don't think, ever played. I think we played one game with the Celts, and that was at Jack's Cottage, the advanced game, and it was like just a, a slog. So I don't even remember what the I mean, Celts I, we, we,
2: I guess we, we had the Celts in the 18-player game as
0: well. Right, right, right. Well, I wasn't playing, but... Uh, right, right but it looked like uh, an exciting time. But man, that was insane. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, obviously, you've got the most neighbors, I think, as Romans is basically what he's saying. It says you do have, in all caps, a lot of neighbors. you just don't, there's no edge of the map for you. Yeah, and you'll have to be diplomatic. Fighting wars is hurtful to both parties. Take care not to make enemies. Despite having two floodplains, you do not need engineering. Okay. And obviously it says get ar- agriculture, which is like, come on.
2: I still, Who's I, not gonna get it seems like the answer to that is still just get <laughs> agriculture. We've been talking about this. We wondered about it. You know, in our Gen Con episode, we mentioned, we talked to Flo Don, the designer about it. And it seems like the oh, correct thing is it. still just to get agriculture. Pottery
0: agriculture. That's your opening. And then do, sure. and then do your tech tree. I'm going to go yellow. I'm going to actually go with what Flo said. Oh, yeah. I'm going with the flow. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I'm going to give flow strata a chance. I'm going to go pottery agriculture because that's just essential. And then I will,
2: you know, try the yellow track. Cool. Um, Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, mean, in this game, like, so much of it's area control, right? Rome, you are in the center of the map. You have very little, uh, like, there's no safe space, I guess, for you to retreat (laughs) to. The thing is, though, Rome is as... Those of you who know Italy, it's a peninsula. Hey. <laughs> it's a very big peninsula. Uh, it's so costly for your opponents to build ships at the start of the game. So actually, people don't really invade you. Like this, this beginner's guide kind of suggests. All you're doing is you need to make sure you define your northern borders with both the Celts and the people immediately to the east of you, which I guess are the Macedonians. Yeah. Um, but at the start of the game, no one's buying ships except for the Minoans, and you're pretty far from the Minoans. So. It's really just competing over land borders. So you have plenty of time to expand into the rest of Italy. I don't even know if in my game I did what they're suggesting, which is to send one person south. Because... I think I would send, like, half of my guys south
0: immediately. Like, obviously I want area to the north, but don't you want to take the peninsula as quick as you
2: can? I mean, the, the thing is, like, not many people are competing with you for the peninsula because in order for them to compete with you they have to spend 2 of their before they have any cities they have to spend 2 pop to to build a boat to get there right and then if you go to war with them you're both going to lose just as many units and they're just out of the game if they've spent 2 boats on 2 pop on a boat and then multiple population on uh, on combat I guess the only concern
0: is Carthage, and this is what they're saying here. Carthage, which used to be Africa and advance, is basically they have this, like, nice hump on the corner, and it's, like, four or five pop limits. So sure. Set. It's very tempting for them to just jump into Sicily. Yes. And I think it says in here that you want to share Sicily with Carthage, and it's like, no, oh, I want I to want help yeah. myself. Yeah, I'd say that's
2: <laughs> the biggest thing for Rome is, like, once you've cemented your northern border, is you got to get that boat, and you got to claim your islands. Yeah, it's like, this is my island. Totally. And you got to claim of yeah. As well. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta go over there while while uh, the, the Greek fight the Minoans, you just sneakily take a little territory.
0: Yeah, I can't remember what Seth was, but remember me and Seth had that like very aggressive combat going on on the sort of lip that's just east of, of the Roman peninsula? And then you were just like kinda poking and like, Hey guys, this is my units, I I'm think, gonna take this. I think <laughs> I was
2: the Greek and Seth was the Minoans, maybe? I was the Minoans. Oh, you were the Minoans. And I yeah, I okay. went
0: east first and I, I realized that that's a mistake. You want yeah. to go west first because then you're
2: on a landmass. Yes, for sure. Nobody's exactly. really fighting you for islands at the start. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found that game hilarious. You and Seth were fighting and right. I just had my little troops. And, and you were Rome. And yeah. i
0: yeah. yeah. like I'm you had, here. You had no combat per se to deal with on those sections. So every time your population grew, beyond a certain point, you really didn't have anything to do with it except for... Just build a boat and yeah. send them on their way. But I love the design and the fact that like, you can never just sit because if you sit, even if your population is safe there, all of a sudden you won't have enough money to make your taxes.
2: Yes. In the next round. So you have for to sure. deliberately I kill do, your
0: units just so to get, just to get
2: chits. I do kind of like the idea of having your population on like a two, like having two people on a two pop area you grow up to four and then you just let them die at a population size every turn. Cause then it gives you kind of like calamity security or calamity. insurance. It's true. You're
0: like kind of safe. But yeah. But that yeah. top limit triggers what, like that city growth, right? So you yeah. don't actually have that. Yeah. It happens twice. Yeah. I'm trying to find our outro here. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's too bad that you don't have a starting race yet. Cause otherwise, uh, for sure we, we could we strategize, that, but, uh, I'm excited to try Rome because it's like I've played this game probably a couple dozen times and I have mm-hmm. never had the chance to be Rome. And it's I'm happy that we're playing two separate games. Yeah. Yeah, you have the chance to <laughs> yeah, win up. <laughs> <win. laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think I'm I think I'm going to do my best to uh, to play friendly because the game on uh, my game is all new players yeah. except for Patrick. For so sure. I put in my email Jack and I will be very helpful and friendly. No promises for Patrick. <laughs> 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 Patrick is known to be a disturber of player. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for listening to Android's Dungeon. I'm Joel.
2: And I'm Harry. Goodbye.